Hello, we are so happy here at the Global Sisterhood Network. We have Christina Slade with us today. We're here in Sydney, Australia on the road for Boost Power Radio. And it has been so inspiring to meet so many women that are out there doing good and having fun. And Christina is uh, an amazing, an amazing guest today. So Christina, welcome to the show and please introduce yourself to your new Global Sisterhood. Oh, thank you very much, very, very much, Rachel. It's, it's very, very good to be here and to be part of a global sisterhood. I've had a, a fairly global life in a, in a rather peculiar tra trajectory trying to manage, as I suppose many of us do, a sort of domestic life, a life married to a, an Australian diplomat and an academic life when, where I was very, very ambitious. So I've had to weave those things together. And I think that's been an important part. I've lived overseas, I've been able to live in Mexico, I adored Mexico, loved Latin America, Brussels, everyone hates Brussels but I adored it. Islamabad, that was a bit more challenging, having a baby, but Beirut in the war, Nairobi, so it's quite a, a big lot of overseas and then I've been able to work in England and Mexico and New York and Australia, so I've been pretty lucky. Oh my goodness. I, most of us are saying, what? Go back to the whole Beirut doing the war thing and having a baby. So gosh, okay, on this adventure then. So what is it? What is your passion and purpose? Um, it, and, and explain about being the wife of someone with a big passion and purpose, you know, on, and how you then sorted out your own journey along the way. Well, look, I think it's been for many of my generation, and I, I'll be older than some of the sisterhood, um, we, we thought we could have it all. We thought it was going to be great. We thought we could have our academic lives and be married and so on. And it was very possible for some of my friends, many of them. But if you've got a husband who's being posted overseas, it's much trickier. And I think it really is feeling absolutely that you have to have something of your own and that you work on it. And as it happened, what I was, I started as a philosopher. I did. Uh, mathematical logic, which is a rather peculiar area, which I went off and did in Oxford, then went back with Robert and came back to Australia. And after I'd finished my doctorate, we were in Islamabad, as I say, a very strange place where it wasn't easy to find people who really wanted to talk about my passion, which was something called deviant logics. So <laughs> you had to fight hard. No one in the country was interested, in the whole country. But it did, it, it does sort of sort itself out as long as you keep caring and I think that's the important thing you've got to keep caring and keep trying gosh and how is it um, with your family moving so many times and you you mentioned having a baby how was it raising a family and trying to be you know the mum and also have your own academic kind of path in your passion and then also being you know probably in the limelight as a government official and, and a spouse of a, a representative that, that one came last, I must say. I mean, I, I enjoyed it enormously. I loved meeting really interesting people. It was such fun. But I was not um, ever a perfect um, uh, diplomatic wife, I fear. And I think the kids did suffer because, for instance, when we were in Mexico, I had decided that I was worried about losing my tenured role. And so after a couple of years, the, the leave they'd given me ran out and I used to commute Mexico to Canberra. I mean, ludicrous. Quite, I had a son who was in boarding school in Canberra and a daughter at school in Mexico. So I don't think it was great for the kids. But the kids, yeah, that, people survive really. So do husbands on the whole. Yeah, there you so, go. <laughs> so I think, I think um, 
just being absolutely clear that those are something things that you want to do. And really we were lucky, lucky that, that we didn't get the sort of pressure that, for instance, my grandmother had um, you know, 50 or 60 years before when, when her husband was posted into the country of South Australia as, a, as an inspector of schools they, and she wanted to stay in town with the children who were being educated. The government said, no, you have to go. Oh, wow. So yeah. I think things have changed a bit, mm -hmm. and we're quite lucky. But no, of course it's not easy, you know. And also, you never do quite as much as you hope you're going to do, do you? Oh, goodness. Well, you saying that kind of scares me, because I think, I think uh, you've, you are and have done many, 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 many things in the world. Well, we've certainly, we've certainly tried, but, but in terms of, for instance, being an excellent uh, philosopher, I wasn't. I, you know, I had to give that one up. <laughs> give that one up. Yeah. Well, I know you have this passion for education. What have you seen changing? Because you know, I again, I'm the mother of a 16-year-old girl, heading off, finishing her primary school, and looking to go to the big world. And it is fascinating to me the difference between now and what she's going to need to succeed in the world, and what I kind of the basics I got, you know, 30. 35 years ago. So tell me from your perspective about uh, this generation coming up and education. Yeah, I, look, I think that's very interesting. Uh, about 30 years ago or so, I was very interested in an American movement called Philosophy for Children, which was about teaching children reasoning skills. I think they're still core, but I think this group of children, like your daughter, born this century, really are facing some much more difficult circumstances than we even faced for the children, my own children, 30 years ago, or ourselves, well, myself even longer ago. I think we know that the technology is altering the landscape of work. You cannot assume any longer that you go and get your college degree and you can get a job. That does not work. And in fact, the sorts of jobs that used to exist, working in a bank or even working in a law firm, they're really changing. So there's a real need to think that the jobs that, that the kids are going to do may not be full-time, are likely to be entrepreneurial, are going to be much more creative and much less easy to predict. They're going to have many jobs over their lives and it's going to be a very different... How do we teach them and how do we empower them for that? It's not clear to me, and I'm speaking now as someone who ran a higher education institution, that the models of teaching that we're using are the right ones, that we're really getting that right. We need to give the kids international experience if we can, and that's um, only, only, we can only do that for the first world. It's very much more difficult to get third world kids having that international experience. Of course, luckily in Australia and the States and Britain, we have many international students coming into the universities, so they get that experience. We've got to give them flexibility, we've got to give them judgment, but we also have a problem which I think um, has accelerated, say, over the last 10 years, last decade. As we've moved from simply the internet and access to enormous amount of information through the internet to the world of social mediated subgroups, we're getting so many echo chambers. So, so we did in the past have a range of media and there was a lot of, all of us have had um, legal requirements for freedom of information but for, for diversity in the press. Now there's no longer that. If as a 15 year old the news you get is through your Facebook feed, you're going to be getting reinforcing views. 
So how do we come to a space where we can persuade these young people that um, critical attitudes towards what they're reading are important? Correct. And I think that's absolutely fundamental to our sorts of societies, societies which for better or for worse are democratic, where we're looking for people to contribute and think about the issues. And, and I think that it's just got so much harder. So there's, what are the jobs going to be? Mm -hmm. I mean, my friends in England, their kids from Oxford were going straight off to what they call Silicon Roundabout, straight out of a, rather than going and working in either a law firm or whatever, they were going and working as entrepreneurs in, in inner London. How can, we, how can we help them? How can we make sure that's right? But there's also these issues around understanding the world. And then there's all of the other issues about how you feel at ease in the world. And it's really tricky in our developed um, democracies, United States, Australia, where some of the underpinnings are shifting a little bit. Yes, I, think, I just think it's so much more complicated. And I look at the role, role models for my daughter and it's Instagram models and celebrities and TV shows about crazy celebrity lives and things that, um, you know, in the day when we watched TV shows, it was about the American family and the inner... Leave it to Beaver, you're too Leave you're it to too Beaver, young. no, actually on the heels of Leave it to Beaver, the Brady Bunch and the Partridge yeah, family, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they're in the 60s and 70s, you know, and the big scandal was, you know, uh, Gilligan and Skipper, I'm going on a trip that never came home, We right? There was not murder and... Um, all the issues put into entertainment, like entertainment has turned into uh, such a different input into my daughter's life. And I think that that's, that's curious. And I'm curious of where she will find her right fit in university or not in some kind of vocational training or something that will give, find a place for her in the world. Well, and, and I think that's exactly the right thing. I mean, I, I, I suppose what I think about, about the media is that some, sometimes I feel very, I mean, somebody made me watch something called Black Mirror the other night and, and it was on Netflix. I was so shocked and then I'll have to go back to it because mm -hmm. that's our responsibility. We need to do it, but we need to be able to talk about it yeah. and understand. And I think that's the thing that we need to be doing with the young, not just say don't see it, mm -hmm. but trying to get that understanding. But the other issue of how to find your place in the world, when, when the job market's changing and the world market's changing, and in many ways the, the old vision that we, I suppose, as middle-class mothers might have had, get the kids through university, you know, get them through that first degree, probably get their masters, because these days you've got to get a masters, and then you know, go, go into a job and you know, don't, don't look back. Yeah, it just won't do. Right. So many kids are moving home. So many issues. We could probably talk about this forever. So uh, we'll have to figure out how to do a long version, uh, no, no. a documentary. No. When I get my documentary film company on board, oh, then I will me. come down and we will do a big deep dive into this. But one thing we always like to ask is along your path, when was it challenging or tough and what did you learn? Because many women just need to hear from each other. Um, what did you learn? I suppose as soon as you ask what are the challenging and tough moments, we all um, have so many of them, personal lives, and I think you know, that negotiation of your personal and your, and your work life is really important. But I think probably the thing that I can say, which might be a bit different, many of your viewers will have had serious management jobs, and in many ways that becomes 
I mean, there's, there's so much training, leadership training that you end up doing and so much that is poured on you and there's what we call HR, is it the same phrase in the States, human yeah. resources, all yeah. of these rules and so on. And I think that the big lesson is learning to tr trust your judgment, even where people seem to be very well informed. And if someone's an absolutely impossible person to work with, perhaps they're just an impossible person yes. to work perhaps with. Perhaps you are right. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah. Well, that is good. Tr trust your gut is what we would call that. Trust. Well, your yeah. Gut. Perhaps, perhaps that, or perhaps more that 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 not everybody else. That in these new areas that you suddenly get faced with as you go through a career. I mean, I've been trained as a philosopher and then worked in media, media criticism, mm -hmm. and suddenly I had to lead a team of you know, thousands. Mm -hmm. But not everyone's got the answer. Right. That's fantastic. Um, we ask you to say your global statement for women. So what would you um, speak into the hearts and minds of women everywhere? I find that one really quite hard. Recently, I, I, on International Women's Day, I was doing a talk and, and the, the, the slogan for International Women's Day this year was better the balance. And I thought, oh, that's very difficult in this new world with different sorts of balances and different genders. But I think that better the balance, just keep at it, keep going for the balance. And I thought it was, it was quite wise in the end, we've got so many things we're going to have to think about. And just keep that balance. Well, that is a goal for all of us, I think. And uh, it's just fascinating to hear about you and your career. So if people would like to know more, contact you, could you please give us your contact information? Yes, well, the best one is the email, which is Christina, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A-M Slade, S-L-A-D-E, at Outlook.com. Perfect, perfect. Well, we are just happy to introduce you to a sisterhood of women that do good and have fun and are on fire for education, inspiration, and connections all over the world. And we just want you to know that you are loved and supported and thanked by all of us. And please let us stand with you, stand beside you. And if you ever have a reason to come to the United States, please um, come and be our guest and um, connect with some of the sisters there. And we look forward to whatever we can cook up next to serve the world big. Congratulations on all you've done, Betsy. It's extraordinary. Thanks for being on the show. <laughs>